Today, in future history. Welcome, sentient beings. While some view time as a continuum, we prefer to think of it as a mere note upon the wall of a much more interesting building. During our series, we've attempted to show you different floors of that building, peek in several of its windows, and rattle a few of the doors to see if its inhabitants would come out for a chat and a bow. So, while we know that time is infinite, and the experiences of things alongside it are similarly infinite, it is with heavy, satisfied heart that we bring you the last of our series, for now, for this day, August 32nd. On this first Blur's Day of the Tingly Sabbatical, we remember Don Short for something so trivial as to be profound. Don lived his entire adult life in a small, one-person satellite monitoring station on the edge of the heliosphere of Sol. His early life had been on Mars, in an arcology named Sunset Ridge. His family were simple farmers, much like several generations before them. Don initially followed along the same route, taking the requisite three-degree programs and even starting to write his doctoral thesis before he became disillusioned with the prospect of staying on Mars. He wrote in his autobiography, entitled, The Simple Life for Me, quote, Mars was not a bad place to grow up, even for a non-robot like me. It was well-developed, though still a bit wild in places, but there was a good work to be done. I guess there was just too much out there for young men to see. End quote. And see it, he did. He became an actor in Mysteryburg, a shadow miner on the moon, an interplanetary time service technician on the route between the Venusian orbitals and Fugit Station. Nothing satisfied him more than a few years beyond training, so he would move on, much to the chagrin of his co workers and employers. His resume continued to grow as did his philosophical bearings. Throughout it all, he maintained a journal, ever since he had been a summer intern to a moisture vaporator in grade school. He took pictures as well, and annotated them. Then came the call, the one that would finally give him what he needed, an experimental orbital on a long-term solitary mission. It would be the farthest orbit imaginable, on the very edge between the thinnest of Saul's reach and the draw of proper outer space. He accepted the job, and thrived. The work there was scientific, but it wasn't complex or continuous. Observations needed to be made and logged, small probes launched and recaptured, but much of it was automatic. Interplanetary ships and probes would use the orbital as a way station, both physically and for communications, so Don would occasionally have engineering repairs or restocking to do. Automated ships delivered payloads of cargo and supplies for him, and their bodies would be dissected and added to the mass and function of the orbital. In the forty years he worked there, it went from something the size of a city block to a span as large as a metropolitan city. But during the entire time, it was only ever him there, its sole inhabitant. Communications delays made real-time conversations impossible. Instead, they would come in batches, often would be compressed down to mostly audio transfers, although occasional pictures and text would be included. 
Don would record his responses as well and send them along, and would often send a little bit of his journal with them. This he started because the psychiatrist attached to the research project wanted to have a way to check on his mental state. But the communications controllers were also privy to these texts and audio recordings, and soon all of them were reading and listening to them. They were very popular, and soon they would come to look forward to another delivered message, quote, from your friend Don on the edge of space, end quote. It's unclear how it happened exactly, but bootleg copies of Don's journal entries started being released to the public. Officially, no one would confess to doing it, but there was also curiously little investigation into the leaks. Don's words resonated with a weary populace, echoing some of their own thoughts and challenging many others. He had a way of unraveling his many experiences and taking lessons or discoveries from them that people found compelling and interesting. And all of his experiences were up for consideration, such as his regular exercise routine that he occasionally added to or challenged himself at, particularly as the topology of the orbital changed. He would talk candidly about the people he had loved but left behind, or note the changes he had discovered as his body aged. Don was aware that some of the communications team were reading his messages and wasn't bothered, nor did it change in any major way what he wrote, aside from including a few personal notes to the presumed listener and getting even more into the habit of deeper and wider thinking. But he had no idea of his real impact. Occasionally, the company would funnel some of the responses from the millions of avid fans back through the communications team, but they would always be transformed so as to appear just between that small group and Don. He maintained this near monologue for the entire 40 years. He was sent updated banks of literature and entertainment from time to time, carefully selected by the communications team so as to not contain references to himself, and he took his time, considering them all, commenting on everything. He made discoveries of parallel plot lines in popular novels that none had ever considered before, or noted symbolism that had escaped scrutiny. He built empires of ideas based on the philosophy he read, but never in a way that felt like he was alien or pompous. Through everything, he remained a humble farmer from Mars. And yet, he became a touchstone for billions of people. There was a gap of several weeks in his correspondence, during which the company running the orbital was quite quiet. Speculation ran rampant, from the orbital falling victim to random space debris, to an alien takeover, to Don dying from any number of illnesses. An observation station on the moon broke the news, however, before the company could. Don had retired, and had climbed aboard the simple return vehicle that was prepared for him. However, a micrometeor had damaged the transmitter just as he launched, so warning of his return hadn't been sent. Once in the rocket home, his body was placed into a state of suspended animation, so he was unable to respond. The faithful vehicle had to reroute due to an unexpected explosion on board a station orbiting Venus, and so wasn't seen on its return trip until it was very close to Earth and picked up by a moon observer. It was going to be late on its arrival by several months, just into the year 4799. When the public learned of Don's travel, and the company was finally able to plot the trajectory to land on Mars, plans were quickly arranged. The shuttle landed without trouble, but the hibernation procedures would take several days to wear off. Don's body was transferred to a staging area, and the biggest celebration the solar system has ever planned 
was arranged. Don awoke, an unknowing hero to the solar system he had all but left behind. Not by saving it from intergalactic invasion or by inventing the most important new technology. He didn't discover a cure for the last diseases plaguing mankind, nor did he negotiate between warring factions. Nothing one would traditionally say was heroic was among Don's achievements. Instead, it was his gentle wit, his insight, and his calm way of explaining things that were celebrated. They introduced a thread for humanity that had been broken since the simplest days of radio communication. Don was a hero because he was honest, thoughtful, intelligent, and considerate. The simplest and most extraordinary of things. This has been Today in Future History. Tis often said that parting is such sweet sorrow, but it is also the chance to turn the tides and seek new things. Tune in tomorrow to find that the voice you hear in your head is now your own once more. Stay calm, and remember that time is just a marker of things that have happened, so make sure to carve plenty of your own memorable notches into it, Derek. <laughs>